Today we've got a very special guest uh, that wants to challenge you. I want you to put your hands together and welcome Sister Chrissy Martinez. Amen. Well, I bet you weren't expecting that. All right. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I um, told Pastor Elias, because um, I know you were probably coming here expecting a word from him, but I told him, I said, I, I really believe that I have a word for the seniors, and um, I have never spoken to the seniors before. And so um, y'all bear with me this morning. I know I get up here every week, but it's different when you're speaking. And um, I usually sing or, or play the drums or something like that. I speak a couple of times upstairs, but it's a little different out here. So I am not a preacher. And so, um, but I do believe that the Lord gave me a word for today, not just for our seniors, but for just everyone here. And so um, I just want to say congratulations, though, to our seniors. And I know that um, this year was a big change of plans for you. And just like Pastor Samuel was just saying, you know, there was a change of plan today that I decided that I had a word for you. And, you know, sometimes we just don't see or expect what's going to happen. Or that change of plan that happens um, and we had no way of knowing or even preparing for it. And so, now Matt, I know you know all about change of plans, right? Early this year before, you know, the virus and all this happened. Man, senior year, football, here we go. And I mean, boom, right? Was it the first game? I believe he had a major injury and um, that kind of took him out of the season. And you just weren't expecting that, were you? That was just a major change of your plan that you had for the year. Um, but that's what I want to talk to you about today is that's, I guess, if you want to call a, a title. Thank you, Amy. Is change of plans. May I have some water? Thank you. So, all right. So I want to give you a little history lesson. Now, I'm going to start back. Um, those of y'all know me a little bit. I love history. But I'm going to talk about a time in history where this was not a good day. Now, I think this was before y'all were born. So uh, but I know you've heard about it. So back September 11th, 2001. Y'all know what that day was? So we like to call that day 9-11, you know, as, a, as that's kind of how, what we've shortened it to. But there were two planes that crashed into the twin towers of the World Trade Center in New York City. There were around 2,600 people that were killed that day in New York. But some of those people had a change of plan that morning. And so I want to talk to you just real quick about a couple of those people. So there was a man named Joseph Lott. He was a sales rep for Compact Computers. He went to breakfast with some colleagues at the Marriott Hotel that was squeezed right in between the two towers. But after breakfast, he decided to go up, back up to his room and change his tie. He had a change of plan about what he decided he was going to wear that day because they had a big, important meeting up on the 104th floor of the North Tower that morning. And so... He went up to his room, changed his tie. His colleagues went on up to the meeting, and he lost all his colleagues that day when that tower fell. But he was able to escape the World Trade Center that day, all because he changed his plan about what tie to wear. 
there was a chef that worked in the towers. He stopped to buy a new pair of glasses that morning because he had broken his glasses. You know all your glasses wears out there? You break your glasses, it's going to be hard to go to work the next day, right? He was a chef, you know, really needs to see. So he stopped to buy some new glasses, and he was late to work that morning. And his life was spared because he changed his plan. For Holly Winter, September 11th was going to be the day of a reunion for her and her college friends at the World Trade Center. But her mama called. And her mama wanted to come visit her. And she was upset because she wanted to go see her friends. And they had planned this special day. And, you know, she couldn't just take off work all the time. She had taken off work. But her mama said, I just feel like this is when I'm supposed to come visit you. So she called her friends said, my mom is coming. And she changed her plans at the last minute. And so she was not there that day. She was with her mother. George Keith was driving his brand new BMW. I liked this one. I don't know. In my mind, you know, sometimes you paint pictures. And in my mind, I, I don't know, maybe this guy was a Christian. And, and, and maybe this was God that just put his hand out. But George Keith was driving his brand new BMW through Central Park. When his car shifted into first gear all by itself, unexpectedly. And so he had to go to the mechanic. See what was wrong with his brand new car, of course, BMW. The mechanics at the dealership refused to work on the car until 8 o'clock. Because he got there, you know, he was a businessman. He was on his way to the World Trade Center. He had an important meeting at 8 o'clock that morning. So he was up early. So he got to the mechanic, and they refused. Would not work on his car until 8 o'clock. So because of car trouble and a little inconvenience that morning, he missed his 8 o'clock appointment on the 73rd floor of Tower 2. I got one more. This, um, I thought, kind of spoke to the ladies. I don't know why this one just got me. But a girl named Crystal... She was engaged to be married and planned to relocate to New York City in June. She had a job offer from Morgan Stanley Dean Witter working in the Twin Tower Number 2. But then she discovered some things that caused her to call off the wedding. I wonder what he did, right? Called off the wedding, called off her engagement, and she did not move to New York. She would have been working that day in Tower 2, but she was spared... Because of a broken heart and a broken engagement and a change of plans. Now, these are just some examples. Um, I read an article a few years back um, that was in the Reader's Digest. I used to love that. I know some of y'all, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But the Reader's Digest, my granny used to get the Reader's Digest. And um, I would sit and, and read that um, up at my grandmother's house. And um, But this was actually, you know, online that I ran across this uh, article from Reader's Digest. And I'd read this years ago. But it, it just happened to pop back up in my, um, my stuff a few weeks ago. And I was just remembered once again that something that may frustrate you now or slow you down now, and that you don't understand right now, but it may just be saving you from something. And so remember, next time you're on your way and you're late to work, you spill your coffee on your shirt and you have to change it, you can't find your kid's other shoe. Nicole, I know, we know about that, and we're late. 
Or the worst, that slow driver that pulls right out in front of you and goes like 40 miles an hour and you're on your way to work and you're like, where are you going? Why are you out this early in the morning driving 40 miles an hour? Are you not on your way to work too? Anybody ever have that conversation out loud in the car? Yeah. And so they make you catch the red light. So frustrating. But anything that can make you have a change of plan... Sometimes we need to look at it and maybe ask the question, what if God's hand was in this? How many believes that God does put his hand out sometimes and stop us or slow us down? And, oh, we get so mad. And uh, I know something I've kind of, Elias and I really try to do just in our marriage and life in general is, um, when we're trying to do something, try to get a loan from the bank or, or just anything, you know, if we're trying to do it and it just will not go through, we don't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing and trying and trying and trying to find a way to make it work in our own self. Because we've learned over the years that when it's right and it's what we're supposed to do, it just boom. It just happens. There's no obstacle. The bank says, yeah, sure, you know, but anytime something kind of red flag slows you down. We need to look at that and just say, what if this is God's hand? So now those are just some examples of, you know, people, you know, here in this, this day and time, but I want to talk to you for just a little bit about three examples from the Bible. We want to have some spiritual side this morning, right? So I want to talk to you about three uh, teenagers, some examples in the Bible a big life change, something they weren't expecting happened to them. And a lot of them were 17 when this happened. Some of you 17, 18. And so first I want to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, Pastor Samuel, he just spoke on them the last couple of weeks, so the story's fresh in our mind. But uh, these three young men are from the chapter uh, of the book of Daniel in chapter 3. In chapter 1, we learn that the king ordered some young men that were handsome— most handsome. I heard somebody won that. <laughs> uh, gifted in wisdom, quick to understand, be brought to the palace. And so I was kind of reading, trying to figure out, well, how young, you know, were these young men? So what they did, they went out and, you know, what some of the scholars say, you know, this is not exactly in the Bible, but, you know, they've done some research into it. And, you know, they wanted to get some young men that could still be taught. They wanted to teach them the ways of the kingdom, teach them a new language, teach them, you know, the ways of, you know, the way that the, their palace worked because they were, you know, from other parts. And, and these were the children of, of Israel that they brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from. And so what scholars were thinking that, you know, they were teenagers. They were 13, 14, maybe as young as 11. And so when they were brought to the palace, they were trained, taught a new language. And so they grew up, you know, kind of under this. But I got to just thinking, and again, not in the Bible, but, um, you know, they probably had other plans. Uh, it said that they were smart, gifted in wisdom, handsome. So, I mean, I'm sure they had some other plans. They might have even had some young lady they had their eye on. Uh, I'm sure their parents had plans for them. And then here come these men from the palace and, and took them. And I mean, just like that, one day their life completely changed. And I'm sure they were not just real happy about it, right? Because they had their plan. They had, you know, in their mind what they were going to do. 
But now we know them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as the three Hebrew men that were thrown into the fiery furnace by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. And when they refused to bow, the three of them are preserved from harm. The king sees four men walking in the flames, and the fourth is like the Son of God. Now, we would have never known this story. We would have never seen this miracle moment that has given so many of us faith. How many of you have heard a a message or a sermon? I've heard many, many, many sermons, even from my grandfather, um, on that fourth man in the fire. But we would have never known this story had they not been taken and had their plans not been changed. Um, now I want to talk about Joseph. Now he had a lot, a lot of really sad when you when you look at it um, changes that happened to him. Now Joseph is seventeen. I can just see he's got the whole world right there in his hand, right? So he is his father's favorite son. He is a dreamer. His father would have probably given him anything he wanted. Jacob had money and a lot of. Um, I mean, just everything, right? God had really blessed him. And so, I mean, he was pretty much going to be set up for life, I I would think. But his brothers were jealous of him. And so one day they sold him. Can you imagine your sibling taking you and selling you into slavery? I mean, how horrible. And then they went and lied, told his dad that, that he was dead, that an animal had killed him. And so a man named Potiphar buys him. And so he became a slave, and he was there for about three years. And then Potiphar's wife accused him of rape, which he did not do, got sent to prison. And they say he was probably there around 10 years, 10 years, 17, 18 years. So, I mean, it's just like mind-blowing. Can you imagine what a life change for him in an instant? But... But God, you've been seeing that a lot on things, but God, I just love that. But we see the hand of God moving. What the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it for good. We just sang that this morning. That's why I wanted to sing that. Um, But God gives Joseph the gift of interpreting dreams. And he eventually interprets a dream for the king, Pharaoh of all Egypt. The Pharaoh makes Joseph the second in command. So he finally got a break, right? Finally gets a break in life. But still, can you imagine why? Why, God? Why did I go through all this? I mean, he was only human, you know, but he kept a good spirit. And he always had favor from the Lord. And, you know, that must have been hard, really hard, when he saw everything in his life that he had been working for and his dreams, his plans just kind of fell apart. But then famine comes to the land, so there's no food. Um, everybody's starving. And so, you know, the Pharaoh had had a dream that Joseph had interpreted and pretty much told them they needed to save food because a famine was coming. And so that's why Pharaoh had given Joseph the job of saving food. And so he had been doing this um, for seven years. And so who do you think comes to get food? His brothers, right? And so, of course, they didn't recognize him, and there's more to that story. But Joseph's father, his brothers, they were all able to come and get food. His whole family was able to survive. I mean, Joseph became the salvation. His whole family 
you imagine that? And I'm not talking about like just a few little people. I mean, this was how he had, was it 12 brothers that he had? So you just imagine their spouse and all their kids and, and multiple. I mean, this is a whole, 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 whole extended family was all saved, all because Joseph was living in a foreign land, saving up food, and because his plans had been changed. And look how long it took, though, for that to actually show up. But don't you think he was finally like, that's why God, you know, it was just like a moment of, you know, I would do it all again to save my family. I'm I'm sure he had that, that moment. Wouldn't you do that for your family? Go through that? And finally, last one, I want to talk about Mary. Now, we hear a lot about Mary, but she was just a young virgin girl, around 13 or so, I believe is what they say. But she was engaged to be married. Oh, girls, so excited. You're engaged. You're going to get married. I'm I'm sure she was putting all her stuff together, sewing her wedding dress, planning her household. She was probably decorating in her mind where she's going to put this and where she's going to put that and just kind of, you know, planning everything. And then suddenly this angel just appears to her and says, you're going to get pregnant and it's going to be the Holy Ghost. I mean, can you imagine? He told her the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. You will conceive a son and call him Jesus. I'm sure she was just like, what? You know, it's just in that moment, she just was, you know, I'm sure just astounded. But I wanted to read this is Luke um, chapter 26, verse 32. And um, I don't know why this just really jumped out at me, but uh, the angel Gabriel, he told Mary, talking about Jesus, he shall be great. Like, I just like that. He, he shall be great. You imagine, you're telling this future mother about her son. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there shall be no end. I just can imagine Gabriel telling Mary that about this little boy and and even gave her the name. He shall be called Jesus. So, boom, just like that. No warning. Angel appears and Mary's life was changed forever. The rest of her life. That second, that moment. But we have Jesus now. Because of that change of plan. I just thought that was just really good. That was the word the Lord gave me. So today I just want to challenge everyone. I'm not long-winded like Pastor Elias. Where is he? I don't guess. I don't know how long I've been talking. I might be. But I just want to challenge everyone today, especially you seniors, because I know this was tough. This change of plans. The senior year did not go at all like, like you thought. But... um I just want us to pray for God's insight and wisdom that when a sudden change of plans pops up, that we can take a moment and just not be so frustrated and mad about it. And this is really, and I think this is why the Lord spoke to me about this, because I hate change. I know a lot of y'all, I know some other people in here that hate change too, but I hate change. I, I plan my plan. I mean, even like vacation, I already know where we're eating on Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Like just, I I have it planned 
And that's just, I really uh, have kind of always been like that, I guess. But so when something changes, it's, it's really hard for me to, to kind of roll with it, you know. And so, but I think God just reminded me that, you know, especially during this time when so much has changed, um, that God is still in control. He's still in control. It does not matter what has happened. I mean, just like Joseph, I mean, he just took that and years later down the road, you might not see it right now. Why things are happening the way they are, but God wants the best for you. He doesn't just see five minutes, 10 years, 20 years. I mean, he sees the rest of your life. Because this little thing you had in high school, I'm telling y'all, it's just such a small, small little part of the rest of your life. You have so many good years coming. And you just never know what maybe God might have saved you from this senior year. And, and this may have never happened, but I know through, throughout our years of youth ministry, I have seen time and time again where, you know, say that young lady just happens to meet that one guy her senior year, and then her life is forever changed, and it's just taken on a, a maybe a course that it shouldn't have gone on, you know, or how many uh, stories do we hear on the, on, the, uh, on the news about, oh, these seniors were out partying, and one of them had a wreck on the way home, and they died, you know, right, right, senior year, right after graduation, you know, and, and it seems like we always hear about the seniors um, drowning in the lake. It seems like that happens every senior year um, when the seniors are out, you know, celebrating, and so, you know, God forbid that that would have been something that would have ever, you know, happened to you or a friend that, you know, you have, but it does happen, and so, I just want us to try to really remember this morning that that God sees everything. And then if we can just, you know, take a moment and just say, you know, God, what are you trying to do here? And and I'm not saying at all that, that God sent this virus to ruin your senior year. That Don't take that away from what I'm saying this morning. Because um, we know that you know, God sometimes maybe allows things to happen, but he never sends anything intentionally to, to hurt or to kill or destroy. We, we know who does that, right? And so God is here to save us and protect us and keep us from all harm and danger. So I just want to challenge you this morning that next time that slow car pulls out in front of you, makes you slam on your brakes, Instead of shaking our fist and getting angry, maybe we can remember that it might just be an angel that God sent in that car to kind of slow you down and to possibly maybe um, save us from something. But just, Lord, help us to, to roll with the changes and just to still know that he has your future. He has everything in his hand. And I know you are going to have a bright future. So I just want to pray over you right now. You can bow your heads. Father, just thank you this morning. Father, I know that this was a, a word that you gave me. This is a word also that I felt you wanted to um, share with the seniors this morning. But all of us here, Lord, I just want us to try, God, on a, a just an everyday basis as we get up and you know, we, we watch the news and we see the things that are happening around us, Lord, but that we just remember 
that you have the whole world in your hands. You are still the king. The waves and wind still know your name. And God, we just give it all to you this morning. And I just want us to leave this place just with a peace of just knowing that you are going to take it and you're going to work it for our good because we know that if we love you and we put our hands in your life, God, that you will work it to our good. Amen. Can I hear a big amen this morning?